Hello, and thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Wolf Sports Show. The NFL playoffs are here, always highly entertaining. This season has already had a higher rate of close games than we've seen in the past two decades. It's been really unpredictable and crazy. And while in the AFC, especially I think there's the big three of the Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals, I wouldn't be shocked by anything really that happens in the next few weeks, considering how crazy the season has been. This will be a shorter show, just the six playoff games for Super Wildcard Weekend. Before we get to them, just a couple of things to touch on. First, Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, who was released from the Cincinnati Hospital and then went to Buffalo Hospital, and now he's been released from there. And he's continuing his recovery at home and with the Bills. And this has all happened in the past week since last week's episode. So pretty much the news has been about as good as expected. It was an extremely scary situation a couple of Mondays ago. Thankfully, Hamlin seems well on his road to a full recovery. It might be a stretch to see him this postseason, but a deep run by the Bills, who knows? That would just be the cherry on top of a awesome story, his recovery to this point. The Bills had that opening kickoff return touchdown in Buffalo against the Patriots in Week 18 while Hamlin was watching in the hospital. And you can't write a situation like that for that to happen. The return touchdown by Naheem Hines, who then returned another later in the game. The moment was described as spiritual and hard to explain. And often in tragic moments, what comes from that is almost miracle-like plays. I mean, it's it's a kickoff return touchdown. They happen. But still, for it to happen, the opening kickoff with the Bills returning to action, for it to go exactly like that almost feels like God had a hand in that to me. And a positive from the Hamlin situation is we've seen how much not just NFL teams and players and fans and everyone has come together, but much of the United States, most of the country really, has been behind Hamlin's recovery. And it's extended, I think, to a lot of the world. And they've raised several million dollars for the toy drive Hamlin started. So as Hamlin has said himself, we've seen a lot of good the good side of people and everyone coming behind him. So continued best of luck to Hamlin as he recovers and hopefully gets to 100%. Next up, a hat tip to J.J. Watt. Final hat tip to him for an illustrious career. Ended with two sacks against the Niners last week in Week 18. Ends the season with 12 and a half sacks. So he's gone out playing at a super high level, which is how he wanted to go out. And if you've watched Hard Knocks, the in-season Hard Knocks like I have, it was a good send-off for him. We got a look at his final practice, final moments. So it's cool to see for a first ballot Hall of Famer. And then we have the head coach openings. We might get one more. I would think that'll be it. I think Sean McVay is going to ultimately decide that he wants to step into a new chapter for now and come back to coaching a few years from now, maybe. I think we'll go into broadcasting. Maybe he'll join the booth in Amazon. We'll see where that stands. He's thinking about it now, I guess. Then we have the Texans fired Lovey Smith, despite the defense playing well down the stretch, them competing down the stretch, winning the last game, cost them the first pick in the draft, but they're not worried about that. They wanted to win another game. So now the Bears will pick first, and we'll see if they can deal that pick, if they indeed stick to their word and keep Justin Fields as their quarterback in 2023. The Broncos and Panthers, we knew about their openings already, as well as the Colts. 
but it feels like Jeff Saturday does have a realistic shot there, despite Indy not playing well with him as the head coach either. And then the Cardinals, we got to look at them on hard knocks. And owner Michael Bidwell decided to part ways with Cliff Kingsbury after four seasons. Sean Payton has reportedly gotten interest from every team with an opening, which isn't surprising. The thing with him, though, he's under contract with the Saints still. So the team that hires him will have to give New Orleans compensation. It might be a first-round pick plus more, so that's quite a lot. Although we've seen trades work out in the past for head coaches, John Gruden being a recent one a couple of decades ago. And I would think teams might see Peyton as a potential Andy Reid type. Reid eventually was fired from the Eagles, so a little different from Peyton, who just walked away from the Saints. But things wound down in Philadelphia, and Reid built a awesome team in Kansas City now. And I would think a path like that is the hope for a team that wants to hire Peyton. But with the compensation in mind, my top target, again, it depends on teams and everything. But say a group like the Broncos, new ownership, apparently willing to do whatever it takes to get the head coach they want. With the compensation needed to get Peyton in mind, I would probably go hard after Jim Harbaugh. I think he was, what was he, 44-19-1? In his career, went to a Super Bowl, came extremely close to winning. Yeah, 44-19-1. Built up Michigan to two straight college football playoff appearances, two straight wins over Ohio State. And the Buckeyes are typically much more talented. Michigan's football program maybe doesn't... Overall, Michigan as a school probably doesn't go as hard for football as some of the top schools like Ohio State and the Southern schools like the SEC schools. But he's found a way to build a winner there. They haven't won it all yet. They haven't been to the national championship yet. But still, I, I mean, people were talking about firing Harbaugh years ago at Michigan. I think he's proven he can build a winner no matter the level. And it seems clear he wants to get back to the NFL and try to win a Super Bowl despite coaching at his alma mater and having success there. So Harbaugh and Peyton, the two big names to keep an eye on right now. Also, Dan Quinn. For Denver especially, getting some uh, talk now. Defensive coordinator of the Cowboys, who could have had a head of coaching job last year and remained in Dallas. And then finally, before we get to the playoff games, I just want to give a shout-out to the Lions. The way they played in the final regular season game, they were knocked out of contention, playoff contention, when the Seahawks got a close win over the Rams earlier in the day. It didn't affect the way Detroit played. They said going in, it was going to be them going to the playoffs or nobody going to the playoffs. And they indeed held the Packers out despite playing at Lambeau where Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur have been almost unbeatable late in seasons. Over his final nine games, Jared Goff had 15 touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's another guy that in the media, people basically laughed at him. Everyone insisted in the media that the Lions needed to get a quarterback somehow. Should have drafted a quarterback high at number two or whatever. Or where they got Aiden Hutcherson who... Is looking like a stud. But yeah, it helps having offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. Has done a real nice job there. A top offensive line. Good weapons. And we'll get more of Jameson Williams in 2023. Coming off the torn ACL from last year. But I mean, Jared Goff is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, I think. At least like a borderline top 10 guy. He's done it for years now. With the Rams, he was phenomenal. In Sean McVay's offense. Helped them get to a Super Bowl. The playoff win at New Orleans, again, one of the best wins I can remember, best performances by a quarterback in such a tough environment. Could barely hear the play calls or anything and was great in that game. 
So I'm excited about the Lions. Picked them to get the playoffs ahead of this season. Got to 9-8 and eight with a real shot. Didn't quite work out, but there's someone to keep an eye on, certainly next season and beyond, under Dan Campbell and GM Brad Holmes and golf at quarterback. And as for Aaron Rodgers, he's going to think about what he wants to do moving forward. It dragged on a bit last offseason. The same might happen this year, but I would think he will be back again next season with the Packers. But he's a free and unconventional type of thinker. He might just suddenly figure he doesn't want to play anymore. I would be surprised, but we'll see what happens with the back-to-back MVP. Oh, and one other quarterback thing I should mention. Derek Carr officially looks like he's gone from the Raiders. That was expected. And in the coming a little over a month, they have, uh, because of the contract situation, to find a trade partner for Carr. So that's something to keep an eye on. Not been an easy road with the Raiders. They've gone through a lot with Carr at quarterback, but can certainly play at a high level and a name to watch this offseason. Now to the playoff games. I guess I'll get to my predictions at the end of the show. First, we'll run through the six games for Super Wildcard Weekend. And the two teams that are off this week, the Chiefs and the Eagles, both got the number one seed in their respective conferences. Kansas City gets to avoid... Both Buffalo and Cincinnati in the second round of the playoffs, the two and three seeds. We'll never know what would have happened if Bill's Bengals was resumed in Week 17. But what we have now is if the Bills and the Chiefs are in the AFC title game, that'll be on a neutral field. And today was just revealed that that'll be at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. So that's only if Kansas City and Buffalo play in the AFC title game. Otherwise, it'll be at a team's home field. And the Chiefs, whoever they face again, not going to be the Bills or Bengals in the divisional round. Andy Reid is going to have an extra week to prepare. So the Chiefs have, a, I think, a good path to get to another AFC championship game. And then for the Eagles, it wasn't pretty. They did what it took to get the top seed in the NFC. Jalen Hurts played at clearly less than 100%. Didn't run at all, really. The play calling seemed conservative. Wanted to make sure Hurts didn't aggravate his shoulder even more. Hopefully the week off will allow Hurst to get closer to 100%, and we'll see how things fall, but they might have a tough matchup in the divisional round facing either Dallas or Tampa, depending on what happens with the other games in the conference. Remember, this Super Wildcard weekend is now with a Monday night game, so three days of games, two on Saturday, three on Sunday, one on Monday night. It starts on Saturday with the Seahawks and the Niners in San Francisco, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Niners took both games in the season series. In the first one, Trey Lance was hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo came in, and the Niners got the win. Now it's Brock Purdy at quarterback. Still hasn't slipped up. A lot of people think the Niners should be the Super Bowl favorites as the postseason gets underway. A late touchdown made it more of a game in the Thursday night matchup in Seattle in December. And this matchup will come almost exactly a month later. The Seahawks were able to get their ground game going more. With the rookie Ken Walker the past few weeks, he's getting a heavy workload. They can have success there, set a play action, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I think they could maybe make things interesting, especially with how the defense has been flying around the past two games while getting helping get them into the postseason. The Niners, of course, completely stacked. George Kittle's killed the Seahawks this year. The Christian McCaffrey acquisition might prove to be the biggest difference-making trade during the season in NFL history. Niners might ultimately have too much, but I think the Seahawks maybe make this closer than most expect. 
and it should be a good one to kick off the playoffs on Saturday. Then Saturday night, Charger Jaguars. The Jags completely dominated the early regular season matchup against the Chargers. As Doug Peterson said, they're totally different teams now, both the Chargers and themselves are. Jacksonville got in on the big win last Saturday night against the Titans. Rayshon Jenkins had a strip sack that went all the way to the sideline, was scooped up by Josh Allen for a scoop and score touchdown to go ahead late, and they held on and won. Quite the turnaround from the worst record in the league last year to go 9-8, and eight, make the playoffs. And Trevor Lawrence, while he missed some throws last week, he's taken care of the ball and played about as well as anyone down the stretch this year. And on the other side, we have Justin Herbert. So two alien-like quarterbacks, basically, in this one. Both making their playoff debuts. Should be a great game. For LA, we got to keep an eye on the status of Mike Williams, who had a back issue last week in a game where I give the Charger credit. They went hard, even though they were locked into seating. Joey Bosa was banged up too, but it looks like he'll be okay, hopefully. And they lost to the Broncos in that game in Week 18. So they'll look to shake that off as they go to the road to face the AFC South champion Jaguars. And a key for them will be, I think, stopping Travis Etienne and the ground game for Jacksonville. And I think the winner can be potentially dangerous. Likely, I would think, to be the team that faces the Chiefs in round two. Upside for both teams. Partly why I feel that way is Sunday, Dolphins-Bills. Miami's going to be without Tua Tagovailoa. Not a surprise. I don't think we'll see him again until next season. Hopefully he's feeling okay for what's been a tough year for him. And Miami's going to go with Skylar Thompson. Teddy Bridgewater also banged up. So rookie Skylar Thompson will have to play at Buffalo. Dolphins have played the Bills tough twice this year, got one win. This is a tough task facing the Bills in the playoffs. They have Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, Mike Gesicki, who can do some damage if he's involved in offense. But Raheem Mostert might miss because of a thumb injury. They just might not have enough to keep up with Josh Allen and the Bills. And I would think they need to force some turnovers on defense to have a shot on the road. For Buffalo, talked about their win last week at the top of the show. Who knows, maybe Hamlin will lead them out of the tunnel this week. Whatever the case, the environment's going to be crazy, and they're the biggest favorites of the week, unsurprisingly. The middle game on Sunday, 4.30 Eastern time, Giants face the Vikings. Saw these two teams play just a few weeks ago in Minnesota. Close game. Giants got a late touchdown by Saquon Barkley. Ultimately, the Vikings pulled it out and won. I think they're feeling for many, and I'm in the same boat. The Vikings just don't seem legit. I wouldn't be totally shocked, as I said before, anything that happens this postseason. But I don't remember a team that's won three-quarters of their game being so discounted ahead of the playoffs as the Vikings are this year. The key for them, I think, if Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith off the edge can get a ton of pressure on opposing quarterbacks, get him for sacks, I think they can beat anyone. Offense has plenty of talent, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, and others. And for the Giants, they even gave the Eagles a fight last week, despite resting Daniel Jones, Hircom Barkley, and others. If Daniel Jones takes care of the ball like he has for most of the season, I think they could definitely knock off the Vikings. But it's going to be tough at Minnesota. It was loud last time, but will be even louder 
with more on the line in the postseason. Should be a fun one. Should be a close one like the regular season matchup was. Then on Sunday night, capping off the big day with three games, the Ravens face the Bengals. These teams played last week. Bengals won pretty comfortably, but the second half, the Ravens defense stepped up, made Joe Burrow uncomfortable. Bengals dealing with a couple of injuries on the offensive line, so that's tough both for this week and heading deeper in the playoffs if they can advance. T. Higgins had just one catch last week. I think it was just one catch, maybe two. I think one catch. And I would look for him to be more involved this time around, especially down the field. The thought was Lamar Jackson would be good to go for the start of the playoffs. Doesn't look like that would be the case. Looks like he'll be out with a PCL injury. And Tyler Huntley has an injury of his own, right shoulder injury. Didn't play last week. I would think we'll give it a go. Either way, the defense, led by Roquan Smith, who just became the highest paid off-ball linebacker in NFL history, is going to need to make some plays like they did in the second half. It'll help getting J.K. Dalmans and Mark Andrews back on offense, no matter who's at quarterback. Expect a run-heavy approach led by Dobbins, and the Ravens, I think, want to make this an ugly game. Sort of like the first matchup was during the regular season. That was also on a Sunday night. That one was in Baltimore, though. The uglier the game, the better, I think, for the Ravens. But Cincinnati has the firepower to run away if the offense can get clicking after some struggles in the second half last week. And then finally, Monday Night Football, wildcard game. Feels weird, but it's happening. Cowboys face the Bucks in Tampa Bay. Dallas is... To me, a bit surprising. They're favored by around three points. These two teams played in week one. It was in Dallas, and the Bucks dominated. It was the game Dak Prescott was hurt. But before, even before Prescott left with a thumb injury, it was all Tampa Bay all night. Bucks have certainly had their ups and downs on defense, been inconsistent. But I think they match up quite well with the Cowboys. The past couple of games, the Cowboys haven't been able to get much going on the ground. The Bucks, they have the defense to make that continue, maybe make them one-dimensional, get off the field on third down, and then on offense, you have Tom Brady at quarterback in the playoffs. I would think they're going to put up points. They got going at the end of the season. The Cowboys might not have the pieces in the secondary to keep up with Mike Evans and a healthier Chris Godwin, along with William Jones, Russell Gage. Michael Parsons has been somewhat quiet down the stretch. I think he and or Trayvon Diggs need to take over the game on defense. Whatever happens, this might be the game of Super Wildcard Weekend, I think. Whatever happens Tuesday morning, I think, is going to be very entertaining. Not that I pay a ton of attention to that type of stuff. But you have Tom Brady's future uncertain, Cowboys with Super Bowl aspirations, looking to at least get to the divisional round. Should be intriguing, and Brady is 7-0 in his career against the Cowboys. And with that, we'll end the show with my prediction for the Super Bowl. In the preseason, it was the Bills over the Bucks. I said in the first episode of the year, that was my pick and my backup because I like these teams. I don't normally like give a backup, but I was also high on the Bengals and the Eagles. I've been tempted to switch to one of them. Chiefs are also in the mix. I could see them certainly getting to another Super Bowl. If they had the top seed in the AFC Championship game was an airhead against the Bills, I might pick the Chiefs. The Bills already won in Airhead. Tough to do twice in a season. It coming on a neutral site. I'm leaning more towards the Bills and the injuries on the offensive line for the Bengals are concerned and knock them down a bit for me. Despite their huge upside to get back to the big game. So I'm sticking with the Bills from the AFC and from the NFC. I think more wide open again. 
I think in the AFC, it should be one of the big three teams, despite the Chargers and Jags being intriguing in particular. I think LA can maybe knock off Kansas City in the divisional round if they match up, knowing each other well. But again, more wide open in the NFC, I think. But I'm going to stick with my preseason pick and say the Bucks represent the NFC. I think the defense has a chance to get hot. They could just as easily give up a huge game to a team like the Cowboys or the Eagles or the Niners again. But I'm going to say somehow they get back to the Super Bowl. Maybe they don't face the Niners in the NFC title game. Maybe a team like the Vikings gets there. I think they beat the Cowboys, can match up with the Eagles a bit, and then we'll see what happens. I was super high on the Eagles coming into the year. Tempted to switch to them, but I'm going to stick with my preseason pick. Say Bills, Bucks, and again, the Bills win it. Finally get a Super Bowl. Would be a great story. They have a lot to play for with DeMar Hamlin. We're on the cusp last year of winning, getting to the AFC title game, then who knows what would happen from there. Secondary depth might be tested. No Von Miller is huge. However, Micah Hyde, it looked like he wouldn't be back until next year because of a neck issue. He returned to practice. Looks like he might be able to play in the playoffs at some point. Not this weekend, though. Behind Josh Allen and Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier's defense, the Bills are my pick to win Super Bowl 57. And again, whatever happens should be an entertaining playoffs. If the regular season, which was as close as it's been in decades, is any indication. Enjoy all these games this week and throughout the next few weeks. We'll be back to discuss ahead of the division round next week. Thank you for listening and enjoy the games.